Well, today, whatever's happening in your life, however badly or well you think that you are doing, spiritually or in any other regard, you can be at home in the fellowship of the Heavenly Father who loves you so much. As you and I are learning the secret of Jesus' easy yoke and His light burden, how to increasingly effortlessly do what Jesus would do in our place. And we do this by one thing, by arranging our lives around those practices rhythms that Jesus engaged in so that he could be constantly at home in the fellowship of and receiving power from his heavenly father. And we've been walking through many different practices and then just getting little tastes of them. You don't have to worry about trying to master them. Life is not about mastering them. They're all just gifts that enable us to be healed and to be changed. And today is one of the most powerful ones. This one is kind of like spiritual surgery in some ways, and it gets the scalpel in real, real deep. It cuts right to the bone, but uh, it, like surgery, can heal stuff that nothing else can. So buckle up and here we go. This one is confession. The practice of confession. This is not going to be quite as high on the joyful list, most likely as celebration or as some of the other ones are. What is it? Confession is a discipline that functions within fellowship. In it, we let trusted others. I'll just pause there. If you confess at too deep or vulnerable a level to a person that is not trustworthy, you can be badly damaged by this. So finding the right person to be able to confess to, somebody who is trustworthy that will not misuse it or damage you, is a real important part of this discipline. In it, we let trusted others know our deepest weaknesses and failures. Deepest? Uh-huh. The deeper it is, the more you don't want to do it, but the more important it is because the more damage it'll do if it stays hidden. This will nourish our faith in God's provision for our needs through His people, our sense of being loved, and our humility before our brothers and sisters. Thus, we let some friends in Christ know who we really are, not holding back anything important, but ideally allowing complete transparency. We lay down the burden of hiding and pretending, which normally takes up such a dreadful amount of human energy. We engage and are engaged by others in the most profound depths of the human soul. Often folks who write about AA or the 12 steps will raise the question, why can't the church be more like that? And this is probably the most powerful area of distinction that often people in those groups have a naked transparency and reality. And here's just the truth about me. Here are the stories of my life that I have been most filled with shame over. And in the church, we just don't want to do that. Why can't the church be more like AA? And the truth is it can if we in the church are willing to be more like alcoholics and to show up and say, my name is John. I am a sinner and here's the truth about me. And do that in a way that's appropriate and built on right levels of trust. And so, but without the burden of hiding and pretending to be better than I am. Now, why would we want to do this when it's so embarrassing? 
Dallas goes on. The New Testament church seems to have assumed that if a brother or sister had some sickness or other affliction, it might have been due to a sin that was separating that person from the full flow of redeeming life. And always hidden sin and guilt has the effect of separating us from that full flow of life. It does that in the individual and it does that in the life of the community. It's like a circuit breaker with the Spirit. So in the letter of James, we're told, confess your faults one to another, pray for one another that you might be healed. We must accept the fact that unconfessed sin is a special kind of burden or obstruction in the psychological as well as the physical realities of the believer's life. The discipline of confession, and then along with that goes absolution, the pronouncement, you are forgiven. You do not carry that burden anymore. Removes that burden from us. So, uh, confession we engage in that because it liberates and heals us. But confession does another thing. It also helps us to avoid sin. The proverb tells us, He that covers his sins will not prosper, but the one who confesses and forsakes them shall have mercy. The confession is obviously an aid to forsaking. There's an old saying, confession is good for the soul, but bad for the reputation. Actually, having a reputation that's built on hidden darkness inside me is not a good thing. And I have a friend, a fully disclosing friend, my friend Rick, before whom I tell everything in my life, seek to do that. And one of the benefits of that is that I'll find sometimes I don't do bad things because I know if I did, I would have to tell Rick about them. By this point, the goodness, the joy, the meaning of that relationship is so deep for me that I am not willing to lose it. But what that means is then when I have done something that's embarrassing, I know I'm going to have to tell him. And honestly, I would just rather not have to go through that embarrassment. And that's part of the way that the gift of accountability works. When I know that that relationship is there and I'm not coerced into it, it's not something that I have to do. I want the goodness of being known and loved by my friend. It keeps me from going to places where I know I'd rather not go. Um, uh, I will read for you, as you may know, in AA, confession comes in steps four and five, where I do that fearless and searching moral inventory and then I confess to God, myself, and another person the exact nature of my wrongs. Now, this is from what's called the Big Book of AA. Here's what happens when we do that. We pocket our pride and go to it, illuminating every twist of character, every dark cranny of the past. Once we have taken this step, withholding nothing. This is step five now. I've confessed to another person. Um, we are delighted. And here's why we confess. We can look the world in the eye. We can be alone at perfect peace and ease. Our fears fall from us. We begin to feel the nearness of our Creator. We may have had certain spiritual beliefs, but now we begin to have a spiritual experience. This is after step five. Uh, that feeling that the drink problem has disappeared will often come strongly at this point. We feel we are on the broad highway, walking hand in hand with the spirit of the universe. Returning home, we find a place where we can be quiet for an hour, carefully reviewing what we have done. This is after steps four and five. We thank God from the bottom of our heart that we know him better. Is it worth it to confess? The experience of millions is, oh, yes, it is. 
It's painful to think about going into it. It is a relief and delight and freedom and lightness and unburdening on the other side. So how do we go about doing this? What do you do today? Now, the ultimate goal is to have a fully disclosing friend in my life. Might be a therapist, might be a pastor, might be a doctor, might well be a spiritual brother or sister to whom I can unburden and disclose everything in my life. Now, you're not going to want to just rush into a relationship like that. You go one step at a time. You test that person's character. Do they gossip about you? Do they get judgmental? Do they rush in too quickly to give advice? Can they be trusted to hear and still love and be wise? That's where I want to go. You're not going to get there today if you don't have somebody in that life. So that's on the, God, would you lead me to that person over a long period of time? For today... I might begin by just simply asking the question of self-examination. Search me, God, and know my heart. Try me, know my anxious thoughts. See if there's any offensive way in me. Psalm 139. Just right now, anything come to mind? Anything that you've done wrong, you need to go back and ask forgiveness for? Anything you want to tell God about? And then uh, ask God... For uh, is there a person in your life that you can develop that kind of trustworthy relationship to? And if there is somebody in your life that you trust quite a lot and you've got a burden or something that you feel guilty about, you might want to tell them if it's at the appropriate level and they could not do too much damage with you and, and then see how that goes and see what it's like to experience the freedom that comes. And then, again, just little miniature version of confession. Today, tell the truth about stuff. If you're late for a meeting and the reason that you're late is you just wanted to finish watching a TV show, don't say, man, the traffic was so bad today. Who had any idea there was going to be traffic? Just uh, at least don't lie. And if you're feeling particularly courageous, you might even say, I'm sorry I'm late for this meeting. I just didn't allow enough time to get here. And I'll try to do better the next time. Or if you get stopped by a law enforcement officer, you might try saying, yes, actually, I do know why you stopped me. I was going too rapidly. Today, little steps into confession. Like, don't lie. And and if you're feeling really courageous, tell the truth. And if this one is not for you, eh, come back tomorrow, I got another one. Welcome home. Hey, I'm Tim. Thanks for joining us here at Become New. We hope that these videos help you to grow spiritually one day at a time. If you want to access our whole library of videos, or if you want to subscribe to the daily emails or text messages that go along with each video, head on over to becomenew.com and you can let us know there. We're also preparing some exclusive leadership content. So if you're interested in that, you can let us know at becomenew.com slash leadership. And lastly, if you've got a prayer request, we would love to pray for you. You can let us know by texting it to 855-888-0444. See you next time.